Well, let, let us discuss the topic of overcoming our desire for revenge. And maybe it's in a related kind of manner, let us discuss the concept of forgiveness. So it's obviously a very tricky kind of um, topic. It's hard to discuss, you know, a topic about revenge. It's a complicated thing to um, understand and relate to really how to deal with it. And, you know, it's certainly the kind of thing that we hear about all the time when we're kids that don't take revenge. Um, if we're a four-year-old child and our brother takes something from us, you know, we're told don't take revenge, don't, uh, don't hit back. Maybe even as we get older, you know, the topic of uh, don't take revenge is something that we often hear. But I guess as adults, that's really the question. How do we relate to the desire for revenge as adults, as mature uh, individuals? And what are some maybe tachbulas to think about in order to approach um, the situations that we go through in life where we may be motivated to take revenge? So in a way, Nike taught us an important yesod in life. Nike taught us the yesod of just do it that sometimes when we have a challenge in front of us, we may be telling ourselves or others may tell us, or it may seem that the Muslims farm are telling us a very similar concept, that this is important. We should be motivated to just do it. Just uh, don't take revenge, just forgive others. However, we know that it's much, much more complicated than that. And just being motivated on, its, on our own to just accomplish a certain goal doesn't necessarily mean that we know how that we should accomplish that goal. And very often we might have this um, sense that I've gone through a difficult experience or maybe many difficult experiences, either with the same person or with um, a group of people or a, maybe a specific group of people where we feel like we're motivated to bear a grudge, to have negative feelings toward them. And maybe even at times we find ourselves thinking about how can I get them back? How can I cause them um, to be you know, hurt in the similar kind of way that they caused me to be hurt? And I would imagine, you know, maybe I'm projecting a little bit that if I would have a sense of a feeling of, I wanna take revenge, I would want someone to be hurt um, I would generally probably feel a little bit ashamed of those feelings. I would feel a little bit guilty of having such feelings because like it feels so wrong to want to hurt someone. It feels so wrong to want to get back at someone. You know, if an eight-year-old is expected to not take revenge, so when you're close to 40 years later, we certainly should have the capacity to not want to take revenge. But we know it's such an important thing. The Masil Sasharim teaches us such a good and important perspective on what he refers to as sinna and nekima. He refers to hatred and revenge. And he discusses it in Parakir Aleph when he's uh, discussing many different areas of Nikias. And he says, Gama sinna va nekima he says, it's very, very difficult to not have hatred toward others. 
it's very, very difficult to not take revenge against others. He says, Kia Adam, why is this true? Because as a human being, we're Margish Ma'od Be'elbenosav. We feel our pain, emotional pain is very, very, very powerful. And when we are hurt, we feel a lot of pain. And based on that, he says, it's very, very difficult to not have the feeling of sinna. He says a little bit further on that in order for a person to not take revenge and to not have feelings of hatred, he says, as long as someone is part of the human race, it's gonna be very, very, very difficult. He says, someone you know, who's like an angel, you know, angels don't have a difficult time. A malach doesn't have a difficult time. But someone who's part of the human race is going to have a difficult time avoiding these types of midos. He says, it's kal rak l'malachi ashares. She'en b'neim midos halalu. He says, someone who, you know, angels who are created without human tendencies, human needs, and human emotions, angels don't have a difficult time not having hatred toward others. Angels don't have a difficult time not taking revenge against others. But part of the nature of humanity is to really struggle with these things. And anyone who's part of the human race is going to uh, have a very strong desire and or at least a very strong tendency to have hatred toward others who have hurt us. And to want- Is that to a bad thing? Do we look at that as a bad thing that it's hard for us to uh, not have hatred and we have this struggle or should we look at it like, okay, that's Hashem gave us the good struggles and uh, let's go. We want it to be easy. <laughs> what would it be worth if it was easy? There would be no accomplishment. That's, uh, so it sounds like Rebbe, what you're uh, highlighting is really maybe one of the most important uh, steps in order to really be able to address these feelings of ours in a productive kind of manner. Meaning if we look at it as my goal is to wake up in the morning and go through my day without having to work on my midos, and that would really be the most ideal kind of situation in life, then when we do have these kinds of feelings that we really need to work through, it's gonna be hard to really embrace this um, process of trying to work through these feelings in a productive kind of manner. So I think what uh, Rabbi Shmiman is highlighting to us is how important it is to have the right perspectives on our opportunities, challenges, and responsibilities that we have when we find ourselves in this position where we've experienced a lot of emotional pain through others. And if we do have the kind of mindset that Rabbi Shmiman is highlighting to us is that Hashem created us specifically for this purpose of working on our midos and having very difficult challenges. If you would imagine that um, if you take uh, you know, a uh, major league baseball player and he's told that today you're gonna be facing a little league pitcher and your job is to make sure to get a hit, he would probably feel like, is this really why I'm playing the game is to get a hit off of a little league pitcher? Probably not. If you tell him that you're facing Nolan Ryan or Max Scherzer to uh, not date ourselves. And it's really, really hard to get a hit off of this picture. And your job is to really make sure to get a hit. And that's why we chose you to be the hitter today. 
So then we're going to feel really good about the fact that the pitcher is really, really, really good, and it's very difficult to um, you know hit his fastball or his curveball. So I would imagine that that's probably a very, very important perspective that we need to have in order to work on it. But the way I would look at it initially is through the lenses of the Masil Sasharim, he's really telling us a very important insight. He's telling us that we need to realize that in order to face this challenge, in order to not want to take Nikama, and not only that, but in order to not even do the actions of Nikama, it's very, very difficult if you're part of the human race. But at the same time, it's important to recognize, even though it's difficult, it's a responsibility that we have, where Hashem tells us, the Mestil Sasharim says, Hashem did give us a very difficult Nisayon, but he told us we have a responsibility to try to face this Nisayon in a way that's going to um, be uh, with reasonable expectations. Now he highlights to us that the process is something that has many, many different steps to it. And it's, I think that's in a very important part of working on these feelings is as he mentions he says, He said, since there's so many different levels of cleansing ourselves from these feelings, even if we've accomplished to try to remove, you know, the first levels and the second levels and the third levels, there's still many, many, many different levels of growth in this area. And he says that it's such an important thing to recognize. He says, mm -hmm. um, even if we recognize, you know what? He hurt me in my business. So I'm not gonna go hurt him in his business in the same, same kind of manner. But am I going to greet him with a smile? Am I not going to harbor these difficult challenging feelings in my heart toward him. He says that that's something that's another level. And there's so many different levels of this, of growth. So I feel like it's such an important thing to realize that this is a very difficult process. At the same time, we're responsible to work on it, but that this work has to come in different uh, levels because he's saying we need to first, you know, work on, you know, the more basic areas. And then there's many, many levels of sifting through all these different emotions until we get to the level where we're totally cleansed from these emotions. Now, at the same time, you know, he's writing in Nikias, which is a level of cleansing, which is definitely beyond, you know, that which the average person can expect himself to reach, um, certainly in a short term. So when he's telling us the goal of really working through these midos, it seems like he's telling us the bar is, the ceiling is very, very high. And he's telling us it's our job and our responsibility to work to climb toward that ceiling. But at the same time, we shouldn't necessarily expect ourselves to be on a level of Nikias anytime soon. So this is the process that the more we grow, the better it is. We're responsible to grow in this kind of manner, but at the same time, don't have an expectation that we're gonna to be totally cleansed on the level of Nikias anytime soon. So we need to work on it slowly and slowly. However, I feel like it's such an important thing that to really understand why is it that we you know, hate others? And why is it that we 
um, want to take revenge from others. And in order to really work on cleansing ourselves from some of these feelings, it's probably a very, very important thing to break down what is the Mesil Sasharim, what does he really mean? Because he tells us that step one is that we have pain when we go through experiences of being hurt by others. And he tells us that that pain leads us to wanting to um, have hatred toward others. Pain and hatred are related, but they're not exactly the same thing. Pain is what I feel, the hurt that I feel. The hatred is the negativity that I feel toward him. Pain is the feeling of being hurt by him. And then the hatred is a feeling of hatred toward him. And then the kama is in another step of the hatred toward him is related to the feeling of, I want him to be hurt. I don't want to give him any benefits. Actually, I want to uh, cause him some pain because he's caused me pain. So trying to understand what this process is all about, I feel like is helpful in order to really work toward um, being involved in this process in a productive kind of way. So I feel like the Arthas Tadikim gives us a little bit um, Rabbi, Rabbi Goldman, can I ask a quick question for a second? Shalom Rabioni, yes. Hey, how are my you? Honor to hear when, your question. When I read this paragraph, I thought it was interesting. Well, why is he bringing in Nikama when he's referring to Sinna and Nikama? Meaning, why he sh this paragraph really should just be about Lo Sikom. Why does he end the paragraph at the Torah tells with Lo Sikom and Lo Sikom? What he this is a very nice speech of that Nakama is Masuka Midvash and it's the only thing that works. What does that have to do with Sinna? Okay. Yeah, that's that's um and he definitely he starts the paragraph also. He starts with Gamma Sinna Vanakima. Right, right. And then he ends with Sinna and Nakima. And it sounds like they're related. So I'm not sure I know the answer to it, but if we could get back to it in a minute and look at you know, really what the Archis Tzadikim says about Sina, and I think it's very much related to this paragraph. I don't know if the answer will come from that discussion, but maybe uh, it'll shed some light. Um, so okay. maybe let's take take a moment. If we think about what the Archis Tzadikim says about Sina, I don't know if everyone understands all the areas of Sina exactly the way that he does, but he says, Yesh kama mine sinna. He says, there are really many reasons or many different situations that cause us to hate others. He refers to one area as sinas chinam. And he says, that's what's hechariva bayis sheni. That's what really caused the um, destruction of the second uh, Beis HaMikdash. So that, he doesn't really define that exactly, but maybe it'll become a little more clear what he's refer referring to when we contrast it to the other kinds of sinna that he references. He refers to a different kind of sinna where he says, yesh sone chavera avur shehizik lo where we feel like someone has hurt us, someone has taken something from us, or he's hit us, or he embarrassed us, or he caused us a bad name. So that's one, that's a second type of sinna, a sinna that comes because someone has hurt us. To that kind of sinna, he says, it's important to re recognize that the Torah teaches us that it's important to try to communicate with the person where the Torah says, 
um, it's a mitzvah lahodio velomerlo lama sisali kach vekach shenemer ocheach tochiach asamisecha. He says it's important to communicate with the person who has hurt us, and one of the benefits of communicating seems to be that we'll be able to some to some degree resolve the conflict. As far as the fact that he's taken something from me, maybe I can take it back. He's caused me a financial loss. Maybe I can rectify that. And he says, he applies it actually to a situation of Avshalom and Amnon, which is interesting because in that kind of scenario, uh, Amnon had done something that was hurtful to Avshalom's sister. And Avshalom is very much uh, upset about what Amnon had done to Avshalom's sister. So what exactly could have happened by this conversation in order to really rectify the hurt that was caused by Amnon to Avshalom's sister is a little bit unclear, but that would be an interesting thing to uh, look into. But then he says, um, so that, that I would see as a second classification. Someone who has hurt me by taking something from me and he says, we should really communicate with them about it. And we should be if we try to act with them in a productive kind of manner with love and care and concern, eventually we'll be able to be we'll be able to fix what the problem is. Now, I wouldn't necessarily uh, suggest that as being a simple solution. And that's something we should maybe look into, but maybe let's put a circle around what the solution is but really to look at the classification that he's referencing. He's saying that if there was something that was done that needs to be fixed, and that's causing me a negative feeling toward the person, so then I have to try to recognize how could I deal with the fact that I was hurt by the person? How can I fix the situation? How can I get to a better place? So maybe let's just identify what the different categories are, and then maybe let's discuss it, if you, if you don't mind. So one thing is sinas chinam. A second thing is sinna that comes from the fact that I've been hurt and I want to rectify the situation. A third kind of sinna that he says is when I'm jealous of someone, that would be a, a third kind of classification. Um, a a uh, fourth kind of scenario is that he says, where there's something that I want from him and he didn't help me out. I felt like he really should, could have done a favor for me. He wasn't there for me. That's another kind of classification. So again, one is, it was Chinam. Another one is, I'm jealous of him. A third one is, I want something from him. A fourth one is he has hurt me. And a fifth one is he mentions is kol uman sone b'neum naso, where I have a competition with someone and I feel threatened by him. I feel like he's doing things that could hurt me, that could cause me harm. And if his business is going well, that could end up causing me harm because I feel like I'm gonna lose out by his success and then I start to look at him and see, well, he did this this way and he did that, that the other way and it's causing me a lot of sinna. So these are the different classifications that he references. Maybe from seeing some of the etzos that he gives will A, help to find what some of the ways of dealing with this sinna are, 
but I feel like it also could help us understand why do these situations cause us the hatred to begin with? So for example, he gives, he says that, let's say I want something from someone. I feel like someone could have helped me, but I feel like, you know what? I have no way to really rectify that situation because the fact that I feel like he could have helped me, I can't exactly bring him to court and say, hey, you should have done me a favor. So there's no way to be misaking Masha Ives. There's no way to fix what he's done. But I feel like, you know what? My life would have been better if he had treated me properly. So he says, you know, one thing to consider is what we've always heard is that really Hashem makes the decision about what we should have, uh, what we're supposed to get in life. And the more that we have that bitachon, the more we could recognize that he is not actually the one who has caused me this pain in my life. It actually would have happened anyway. Now, that's obviously a difficult perspective to fully grasp and to fully have. There are many levels of having that bitachon, but it gives a certain context, at least, to one kind of pain that we might have. The pain that comes Rabbi from... Goldman. Rabbi Goldman. Yeah. yeah, can you give me one second? Big... Oh, yeah, sure. Sure. Actually, yeah, no, let me listen. The, um, the, I forgot the bitachon for a second, but every single case that you gave could have, is, is coming from a Hashem angle. Like Hashem is involved and had you... If you accepted your lot in life, then and what Hashem is Hashbacha is doing to you, then you then all these you would have no problems with anybody uh, ever with all of those scenarios. You know, from 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 your your cot to the next cot, uh, somebody hit you. Um, a question I've asked Rabbi Shmuel very very many times is, and and it's relevant here is, uh, why do I get upset when somebody hits me? Back to Nakama. You know, and what's the difference if I'm a child, I'm an adult, or if he rips me off in business? It makes no difference. E- either way, why am I upset at him? It's all from Hashem. But, you know, obvious question. It's all from Hashem. Because he's the shaita who decided to hit me. Mm-hmm. So that is only works in a world where, yeah, we don't say, yeah, it is from Hashem. So he's the shliach, the lamaites, it's from Hashem. It's very hard to do that. It's not a bitachon thing. It's very hard to go and make that 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 uh, understanding. Because lamaites, his fist, made contact with my face. Or, Rips me right. off. Um, and 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 if you're able to and again this is everything you talked about is you feel slighted you feel less than you feel you lost something because of whatever you feel you know whatever you you're, you now no longer have if you realize yes from Hashem and these are all shluchim then you would never have any of these feelings but since mm-hmm. it's very hard to do that and you said well might say you hit me so now my feelings towards you, as you said before, really, it's the after effect that now my emotion comes in. And I, I mean, I, I, I can understand how Senna would become the, the, the motivating emotion now for you to want to go get him back. Because not just that you don't accept, but that you are, you are, um, you, you want to do, do justice. You feel that you should be doing justice because you don't think it's for much. That's uh, my concern. Right. So first of all, thank you for uh, sharing that perspective. And I think it's very true that certainly it's good to always have the dual perspective in life of recognizing the ultimately what we should be thinking and feeling and what we're working towards together with the fact that, you know, it's a very high ladder to climb that ladder of bitachon and the recognition that thankfully 
we're very far from the bottom of the ladder, but at the same time, we're also very far from the top of the ladder. And if we recognize that I don't have the full degree of bitachon, although I do have a lot of bitachon, and thankfully I do, because otherwise I'd be in much worse shape as I'm dealing with these situations in life. But if we do recognize that I have to deal with myself, who I am, and at the same time try to work on becoming who I want to be at the same time. But if we could go back for a moment. So it sounds like he's telling us that sometimes we feel um, that someone has made our life worse because of the fact that they didn't help us. Within those scenarios, there's sometimes that we could somewhat rectify the situation by communicating, bringing the guy to court, trying to uh, find other ways of rectifying some of the harm that has been done. But the overall category, those two categories are really very much related to each other where I feel like my life has been made worse by what someone else has, has done for me. And to some degree, he gives us like a little bit of a perspective on how to really work on it. A second kind of category is really, you know, the category where it comes from, you know, jealousy where he hasn't really done anything. And that's a kind of scenario where realistically as human beings, we feel jealous. It's part of life and it's hurtful when we feel jealous or we feel threatened by someone. Someone else's success seems to be taking away from my success. And that's something that makes me feel, you know, scared of him, threatened by him. And it starts to create negative feelings toward, toward the other person. Or sometimes sinas chinam, we know that chinam doesn't mean I hate him for no reason. There's, if, I, if there was no reason to hate him, then I wouldn't hate him. But it's really not coming from something that he did that was objectively um, negative toward me. And it seems like in that kind of scenario, we have to understand, so why is it that his actions are causing me negative feelings? But in all of these kinds of scenarios, he's really describing to us that there's a lot going on underneath our consciousness, or at least underneath our hatred, where there's certain core feelings that are being brought up or core perspectives that are causing us in order to have these negative feelings toward, toward the person. So he's giving us a little bit of a direction that our Hasidikim is telling us is hatred is not, doesn't come from nowhere. And it's always coming from somewhere and it's always good to identify where it's coming from. And he's giving us a little bit of a different focus on how to address it, depending on where it's coming from. So he's telling us it's such an important thing to have a little bit of that self-awareness of trying to really ask ourselves, I have negative feelings towards someone, why? Why is it, what's bothering me? What's causing me these negative feelings? Because if I want to address them, I have to really understand them. I have to really understand where they're coming from. In a similar kind of way, when the Masil Sisharim tells us that we want to take Nakama, why do I want to take Nakama? So he gives us a little bit of a general kind of idea, but he doesn't really describe it so much. He tells us that my pain causes the hatred. And in a similar kind of way, I feel like somehow by my taking revenge against him, it's gonna somehow remove some of that pain, which is such an important thing I think to, to consider that Sometimes we don't go to that next level to really understand why is it that I want to take revenge? Why is it that I want to see him suffer? And I feel like if you ask most people when they are 
describing a scenario where they feel like someone did something wrong and they want to see them suffer, often people will say, because I want justice. And I think you see it certainly nowadays in certain uh, parts of our culture where finding justice and standing up for justice is very, 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 very important to many people. But I think the Masil Sasharm is telling us it's not really coming um, so much from a desire for justice. That desire to see someone else be held accountable for their um, doing things wrong is often coming from something that's not, we're, we ourselves are looking for something in our own lives. And that's why we wanna see someone else going through this process of finding justice, of coming to justice. A lot of this nakama, he has to suffer. You know, the kid should get thrown out of class. You know, my child should be locked in his room or the person who has hurt me should see the justice in his life. He's telling us we should really analyze like, why am I so motivated for this person to find justice? Um, for the famous football player to only get seven games, 11 games, it's unjust, it's terrible. Why am I so motivated to make sure that he gets more of a justice than, uh, like, where's that coming from? So the Masil Sasharm is telling us very often that that desire to see someone else face, you know, what we are saying to ourselves, he deserves it, he should be getting it. We really need to do a little self-reflection and ask ourselves, why are we so motivated for him to get that? And sometimes the Misal Sasharam seems like he's telling us, we feel like We feel like the only way for me to feel comfortable and for me to remove my pain is to see him suffer. Now, if we go back and we try to make a little bit of an equation, um, um, if I could ask you guys for a second, there's some background noise that I feel like is making it hard for me to hear myself, but uh, I'm not sure where it's coming from and I don't think it matters, but uh, if we could remove it, that would be amazing. Thank you so much. Um, so I think what he's telling us is that there's a formula that we should really be aware of is that when I feel pain, I sometimes feel like the only way I can resolve my pain is to see someone else suffer, which in a way it sounds like something that we should never really find among good people. But the Masil Sasharm is telling us that this is really an equation that all of humanity has, unless we've reached a high level of um, Nikias, which is something that most of us are still striving to, uh, to achieve. So he's telling us somehow there's some correlation if I'm in pain and it comes from someone else, there's an equation that we make in our minds. My menucha, my rest, my health, my healing, my healing will only come when I see him in pain, which to me sounds like an interesting equation. Like what's pshat? Like, why is that true? Why is my healing related to his pain? Why do I have to see him in pain in order for my wounds to heal? But I think even before we understand that, just identifying that, I feel like is such an important part of working on um, our process of trying to A, heal, and B, to try to avoid taking revenge, and C, to try to find 
the right time in the right situation to be able to forgive someone is to really recognize that in a way, the Mesil Sasharim tells us this is not really what the Torah says is true. The Torah says that you can heal without him having to go through pain. You can heal without having to hate the other person. And that, Carl, those two factors of recognizing that our equation is not the Torah's equation. Our equation is natural, it's normal, it's understandable, it's to be expected, and it's happening regardless of whether or not we're consciously aware of it. But we have an equation in our minds and in our hearts that my healing can only come from his pain, from his suffering. But the Torah's equation, where the Torah is saying, no, you can heal even without him having to go through pain. Not only that, but probably your healing is going to be not only more appropriate, but probably more healthy when our healing can come without having to focus our healing on the other person going through pain. So how do we do that? How do we try to heal from our painful experience without the other person really needing to go through this pain, without our attaching our healing to his pain. So I would imagine, you know, if we take a step back and we really try to look at the Arches Tzadikim where he's not talking about revenge directly here, but he's talking about the hatred itself. And he's really giving us a mindset of our own perspectives are really what's gonna lead to our healing. Our own process of um, trying to make sure that we're perceiving the world in the right kind of way, our perspectives about ourselves, about Hashem, about the Torah, about our experiences are really what's going to lead to our productive um, manner of healing where we're not going to end up hating someone so much and we're not going to end up wanting to take revenge in the same kind of manner. So what Rabbi Shmim was saying beforehand is really, I think, maybe one of the most fundamental like first steps that we need to take in order to really approach the ceiling in a productive way, which is the fact that when we see ourselves in pain and when we see ourselves having these negative feelings toward others, we have to recognize this is a very difficult mountain that Hashem wants me to climb, but climbing this mountain is actually the secret to my success in life. This is really why Hashem created me. This is why Hashem put me in this world, is really to have experiences like this and to give me the opportunity and the responsibility to really eagerly try to work on these um, emotions and these perspectives in order to get a better handle and a healthier handle and a more appropriate handle of my thoughts and feelings in order to reach a place in life where I can be able to... Um, be free of the negativity toward others without having to, and at the same time, be healed from my own um, negative feelings. I remember, I don't remember the exact quote, but I remember seeing in the Nesiva Shalom, he quoted a Medrash, where the Medrash quoted, a, I believe it was a Tana, who said the greatest day in his life, the most, the happiest day in his life was where someone had really hurt him in a very um, hurtful and shameful kind of way. I don't remember exactly what it was. I believe someone spit in his eye in a very derogatory and condescending kind of way. And where in his heart, he felt no negative feelings toward the person. I feel like that's reflecting on what Rabbi Shmiman was highlighting before is, this is sort of the ultimate success that he recognized in his life 
where he could experience negative interactions with others without it really hurting him and without him having to come toward negative feelings toward others. It really reflected on him fulfilling his true purpose in life to be able to be as domit Hashem as possible. Um, so I want to uh, look it up, but it's something we could all look up on our own. It's in his piece where one of his many pieces where he talks about Midos development and it's uh, suggested reading. There are about 50 pages on Midos development that are beyond almost any Muster Safer that I've ever seen describing um, the great process of how we could work on our Midos in a productive manner. So in a way, I feel like that's one important step is really to recognize this is the ultimate success in my life is working on how I can try to avoid having negative feelings toward others step-by-step step, slowly in a process where I can myself heal without having to see someone else going through pain. So again, the reminder, the Masil Sasharm says, don't expect ourselves to not have a very, very, very difficult time with this. He says, we should expect Tsar Godel. Now, not necessarily Tsar Godel every time someone steps on our toes, but uh, hopefully, you know, we don't need to expect that from ourselves. But when someone really steps on our toes and someone has really done something that is painful to us emotionally, he says, El bono shal adam gadol me'od, kashem odli shemalit mimeno, that our elbow and our emotional pain is so, so, so difficult. And it should, we should expect sar gadol, a lot of pain. And we should expect that naturally we're going to feel like, I want menucha, I want rest, I want, I want peace. I want peace from this pain and I want to find some peace. And the only way that I see on the surface to find peace is to really have negative feelings toward him somehow that makes me feel um, some degree of peace in the short term. And if I can hurt him back, if I could see his pain, you know, that in a way I feel like as Misuka Midvashi describes it as, it's sweet as honey because I feel like this is somehow going to free me of my emotional pain because, but he then tells us that this equation is not really accurate. It's an equation that we make for ourselves, that my healing is gonna come from his suffering. And when he sees justice and he's in pain, that's gonna be what's gonna make me feel better. And he tells us that's not true. It's not the Torah's perspective. It's not the Torah's formula. The Torah that knows Hashem who knows the ultimate truth and teaches us in the Torah, this is not the proper way to find healing. And it's not actually gonna even work in order for us to feel find the healing. Rather, the process of finding healing is gonna be somewhat different. Now, what is that process? So when we're eagerly trying to slowly, slowly, slowly remove some of that pain and find some sort of healing, that's where the Archis Tzadikim is telling us try to find the healing in bitachem. Now, again, like it was mentioned before, we can't expect ourselves to be on the highest level of bitachem, where we feel like, you know what, whatever happened to me would have happened to me anyway. And whatever happened to me is really just in order to enable me to grow and to become a better person. And to Hashem is waking me up and Hashem is giving me opportunities to really um, achieve the highest goals of life. It's not something we could expect to fully feel, but it is a perspective that we do know and we do believe. And the more we focus on it, it could slowly 
to some degree start the healing process. Together with the fact that, you know, as we go through all these different uh, etzes that Archis Tzadikim has, he says, sometimes we shouldn't give up on trying to solve some of the problems. You know, sometimes a lot of what's causing me the pain is because I feel like he has something of mine or he's done something to me that maybe he's going to do again. And he says, you know what, if the fear is really what's causing us that pain, sometimes through the right kind of assertiveness and the right kind of communication and maybe getting other people involved in a productive manner, maybe I could remove some of that eva, some of that hardship, some of that problem that's really causing me this anxiety and the fear. And that's causing me the negativity that's really coming from that, you know, from that fear or that feeling of I've been hurt in a way that I wish I could solve that hurt. And he's telling us, you know what, if you, the Torah teaches us, if you could remove some of the problem, you're responsible to remove some of the problem. One of the aspects that's uh, being related to us is to try to be masakin masha ives. You know, there might be sometimes where that's easier to do, and sometimes that's harder to do, but to whatever degree that we're capable of removing some of the problem, you know, there's that famous, uh, that, that famous joke about them, you know, the husband and the wife where the wife has, you know, a big nail in her forehead and uh, she's complaining that I have a headache and he's trying to tell her, you know what, you could solve the problem. And she's saying, you're not understanding me. You're just trying to solve my problems. So they're really both right. When we're in pain, we need the empathy. But at the same time, we also need to sometimes recognize maybe at least part of the problem can be solved. And we need to be um, assertive in order to try to address whatever we can really address that's part of the, um, that's part of the problem. So again, they're obvious, it's obviously a very, very big topic and it's hard to ever expect that we're gonna really know all the different productive strategies in order to be able to address the topic. But I feel like so much of, maybe if we take a few of the fundamental aspects that I think are clear and that are very helpful that are being taught to us by the Misil Sasharim and the Archist Tzadikim, I think one of the core factors is the process is about us, it's not about them. When we're hurt by someone, the process of healing is about our own personal healing. It's not really whether the other person suffers or they don't suffer, they, whether they face justice or they don't face justice, it can potentially be something that we attach to our healing in a very meaningful kind of way. And even if there is some correlation between the two that could be helpful, the core of our healing is really about ourselves. It's not really about the other person. And I feel like that's something that the Masil Sasharam is teaching us. He's saying that it's the healing, we perceive it that our healing is based on the only way I could find Menucha from my pain is really through his suffering. And that, that equation is something that as long as we have that in our minds, and it's very natural to have that in our minds, it's going to stop us from what he says. The Torah says that's not the way. The Torah says that sinna is us or it's forbidden. It's understandable, but that's not the way to heal. The Torah is teaching us there are other ways to heal. And it doesn't have to come through sinna. It doesn't have to come through nakama. So it's such an important thing. As the Archist Tzadikim says, our hatred is always coming from there's something causing us 
our own perceptions of the world are causing us to hate the person, are causing us the negativity. Now, again, if we're not a Malach Hasharis, and therefore we're going to have Tsar Gadol, and we need to expect that this is a long, arduous, difficult, but very, very beneficial kind of process for ourselves. But I feel like it's such an important thing to recognize. It's about us. It's not about them. Our healing is about Can our Can I ask a question about... Please. May I ask, may I ask you about the, the expression of healing when it comes to engaging in something that's negative and hurtful to another person. Is it possible that a person will heal and become more whole by their engaging in um, something that's negative and and harmful, like it would seem that it would only intensify the, the illness in the person. They are unwell because they're in pain, then they engage in destruction, then that could be healing. I don't understand how you could even describe it as a, as a form of healing, just not the best kind of form of healing. Could it really be that there will be menucha to a person when he goes and, you know, Whatever, whatever he does to take Nakama, let's say he takes the worst Nakama, he kills the person that, that, that hurt him. Will he then be healed and he'll be a Menucha? He'll be, he'll, be, he'll be, be a whole person? Then he'll be only more damaged. Right. So it's a very interesting right. question. Like what he tells us is that, you know, he tells us that we feel like the Nakama will end up being. Um, sweet as honey, and we feel like that will give us menucha, kihi menucha salavada. So I feel like maybe just, to, maybe just to clarify the way I understand it is that it, as you're saying, Rabbi Shmimin, we never actually will have menucha because we're just going to create many, many, many more layers of all kinds of inner problems, you know, that we ourselves are going to have with the guilt, with the all kinds of uncomfortable unhealthy kind of feelings that we're going to create by doing the nakama. But I do feel like there are two elements that are probably true. A, we have to address the fact that that's how we feel right now. You know, not we ourselves necessarily right now, but when we do experience this, he's saying any, anyone who's not on the level of Nikias will generally have some sort of formula in their minds where I feel like this will bring me nakama. When he gets justice, I'm gonna feel better. So, 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 what if I feel it? So what? Yeah. It's Dimian Kaizdei. Why right, should not totally. the person be able to consistently remind himself it's Dimian Kaizdei and not worth of any attention, as opposed to like glorifying my feelings? This is how I feel. I mm -hmm. have to respect my feeling. I cannot disrespect my feeling. After right. all, it's my feeling. I know Hashem made this feeling to be ignored. To be mm -hmm. recognized as sheker, to be to be wanting to have nothing to do with it whatsoever, to pursue mm -hmm. only things that are productive, and not be caught up in those feelings, if I'm able to not be caught up in them. I say right. like until a person which is a high madrega, he is absolutely trapped and he cannot but give attention to to negativity and 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 hurts. He has okay, plenty of productive think, things to be involved with in life. Like, <laughs> go, go take on the day. Get, you know, do what you can do that's good. Why are you letting yourself be, 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 be pulled down into this? Right. So, what I think, 
I think it's a very tricky area to really analyze, like what would be the best thing to do for us who are not fully on the level of Nikias, where in a way, like how do we address our own kind of feelings where right now we do have somewhat of a Dimion Kozev. And right now, let's say we're talking about a third party, right? We don't wanna talk about ourselves necessarily, but it's probably true to some degree for all of us is that right now, let's say I feel like my safety and my comfort can only come from his pain. Yet at the same time, it doesn't actually come from his pain. So what I would say is we probably need to dance around three different perspectives. One perspective, which is the recognition that overall, this is not actually what's going to bring me um, comfort. It's overall not going to bring me peace. And I only feel this way because I don't really have the true clarity in life. And I think that's something that's so important. I know, you know, Dr. Schleimi, you know, spoke about this recently where he was saying that a big part of human psychology is that we have a very strong tendency to get involved in blaming instead of healthy healing. And I feel like that's very much related to what the Masil Sasharam is talking about. He's not talking about blaming, but I feel like the core of what Shlaimi was highlighting and what the Masil Sasharam is highlighting are really the same thing, that instead of focusing on my own internal healing, I try to distract that pain toward either blaming others or trying to even you know, cause others pain instead of really looking internally and recognizing the truth and the reality is I've suffered and I've gone through pain and that's really okay. That's part of life. It's okay, but it's hurtful. It's very hurtful and I need to heal and I need to recover and it's gonna take a really long time to recover. And that's part of my mission and my goal in life is to really deal with this pain in a productive manner. But at the same time, it's very natural to either A, blame others, or maybe even more, you know, what the Masil Sasharm is saying, I think includes what Shlaimi is saying, is not only are we blaming others for our pain, our goal is really to uh, want others to suffer in order to somehow remove my pain. So I feel like what Rabbi Shmuman, what you're saying is very, very true. We need to really be directed in that kind of manner to recognize that if we want to blame and focus on the blame, and if what we want to do is we want to focus on causing others pain in order to remove our pain, it's not really going to work. Yet at the same time, if, it's, if my brain does process it in that way right now, we certainly need to empathize and validate and recognize the normalcy of such feelings and to really be able to recognize it's very, very normal for me to feel the way that I feel. And I'm not gonna, and to also recognize I'm not gonna be able to fully escape from these desires right now because if right now I see this is my only way out, for someone to tell me, well, you're not gonna ever be able to get that and it's not really gonna help you when right now I see this is my way out of my pain is through his suffering. So it's gonna be very hard to expect ourselves to be freed from there and to not validate, yes, I totally understand this is what you want, but at the same time, we should realize I do want it, but it's not really gonna help me. So that's what, at least for me, I would feel like I would need to do for myself is really to have a lot of validation for my desires because 
these desires are very normal. They're very natural. And for me, I feel like may, this is my escape. Yet at the same may I ask time, I question. Yeah. Oh, please. Yeah. I'm very confused now about another thing. Sure. You'll forgive me, and everybody can forgive me, but I'm very confused about something else. Because well, we always talk about, you know, it's not that person, it's from Hashem. Mm -hmm. We only talk about it in the context of, okay, don't blame him, blame Hashem instead. But how am I relating to having to receive pain altogether in my life? Mm -hmm. Am I willing to accountable what Hashem is giving me in life? If I knew, know 1,000% is from Hashem, mm -hmm. I would know clearly the person is absolutely nothing. He is nobody. He is, he's, he's not the cause of my pain. His mom is zero. Okay, but now that I'm in pain, am I accepting of that? Can I be mm -hmm. accepting having something painful in my life? Or no, I'm essentially rejective of having pain in my life. Okay, maybe I won't blame the person because I know it's Hashem's fault, but I'm not okay with it. So um. <laughs> that's not good either. So don't we need, like as a fundamental essence of Amuna, to be accepting of everything that comes to me in life from Hashem, of course, that is for my for my benefit. Mm -hmm. And from that perspective, there wouldn't be any cause to be upset at the person. I'd be thankful to him. Not that it's his job to be the, the shliach, right. to deliver to me what Hashem wants me to experience. But if I'm experiencing something in life that Hashem wants me to experience, it is only for my benefit. Right. And where is that picture of the equation? Where is that given, mm -hmm. being, given, being given a place in this whole process? Right. So I feel like, you know, what you're really highlighting is so much of our healing is really about ourselves having these kind of perspectives where if we do, you know, recognize the Soda Hasidas, the Shavoda if we go back to the basics and recognize why am I here? What am I doing in this world? Why does Hashem put me through, you know, all the different kinds of experiences that he gives me? And we have that recognition that this is all, you know, this is all it's all for me to grow and it's all not by accident it's not a mistake it's all really healthy and productive and it's the secret to my purpose and success in life so the more we really have this recognition the better and better it is at the same time i would ask you rubbish women do we have to also address the fact that as i'm climbing the ladder right now the way that i experience these experiences is such where I don't fully have that perspective. And as a result, we have to sort of recognize that I'm going to be angry at this person. And maybe I have to not push away those feelings if they're real. And I feel like it's very tricky because a lot of people, you know, would give the guidance. And nowadays, I feel like it's very common, you know, as you were mentioning before, is embrace all of your feelings because the way you feel is the way you should feel, and you shouldn't even try to feel any differently. It's, you know, some, some psychologists would say, it's impossible to work on your feelings. And the way you, it's, you can only work on your behaviors. And I've seen that in some very hush of psychology books, where your behaviors are the only things that you have control over. And we know from many chazal, that's not true. At the same time, you know, so that's certainly not true. We've, you know, modern day culture is telling us that being real and being genuine is the biggest mitzvah of the day. And being genuine means 
be who you are and don't ever work on changing and growing from who you are. And that mitzvah is certainly very much uh, anti any um, recognition of godless Adam that we have the ability and the responsibility and the capability of really becoming better and better and better people. But at the same time that we recognize, you know, where all those true perspectives really should be, at the same time, we I feel like we also can't treat ourselves like malachim right now, and to treat ourselves like we're already there on the highest level of Nikias, we have to also address the fact that right now, I feel el bono shali is kashem olishimalei and. I feel it's our Gadol, and I feel like my only menucha is really going to come from these sources. So exactly how to address that is going to be hard, but I feel this, like without... Very, yeah. If we I mean, ignore it's very them... Not simple. Very, very mm -hmm. not simple. I look at the Torah as like, uh, well, there's a rung of elevation that I'm supposed to reach someday. <laughs> mm -hmm. Something that's a mystery of the Torah is, is it comment upon us so at the same time, we know that has to be step by step. It's a right. very, very difficult combination to make. Should, we, should, we, should, we, should we assume for ourselves, yeah. oh, I cannot keep the Torah right now. I, it's been given to me. I don't know. That's a mystery. I can't answer that. Like, I don't even, like, how do we know which is the place to err on the side of caution? To say, like, well, maybe I really could do it. I'm so convinced. Well, I haven't been taught that. Everything takes years and years, you know, a whole lifetime, maybe thousands of years, but I'm only going to live, you know, less than that. So how am I ever going to get there? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so there has to be a possibility that like, oh, somehow I could accomplish something that I don't really see how I could accomplish it. And it must be that it is possible. Right. So I, I feel so, like that's something that's really, really, really complicated. And that probably requires... Um, I don't know if there is a clear answer to, to, you know, to that kind of question, but how we should address it. But I feel like if we're somewhere in that circle, it's certainly, there might be different ways to address it, maybe depending on the person, maybe depending on, you know, who they're working with, you know, who's able to be a good guide and good mentor. But I feel like if we establish some of these, you know, just the fundamental like aspects of how we should approach the general concept of having negative feelings toward others and wanting to maybe hurt others. So in a way we can't do the Nike approach of just get rid of these feelings, just forgive and forgiveness, you know, will lead to healing. You know, forgiveness is really a result of healing. It's not really, it doesn't really, it's not step one. True forgiveness is really something that comes as a result of going through the process of healing. And wanting to take revenge is very, very normal and it's very natural. And wanting to have feelings of hatred and negativity toward others is really something that is very normal, very natural and very difficult to avoid. But so much of the recognition is if we look inside and we say, it's my, I have the ability, I have the responsibility and I have the opportunity to heal myself. And really, the more we recognize my healing will come from me, my healing doesn't come from the other person, which has many different branches to it. Like Dr. Schleimi was saying, my healing doesn't come from blaming others. My healing doesn't come from hurting others. 
my healing doesn't even come from someone else's love for me, you know, which is also really, really important. That's a third kind of challenge where sometimes the way I'm going to heal is by someone else giving me the love that I need. And that's really what's going to make me heal. Now, the love can enable me. It could be a piece. It could be a step in the puzzle. But that's a different kind of dysfunction that we get into at times where the healing comes from outside sources and not from myself. And that seems to be something that's a very, very common struggle. And what the Archis Tzadikim, I feel like, is telling us is when we ourselves have the proper perspectives in life, we will be healed from all negativity. We'll be healed from all... Golden. Please, yes. Can I go back to what I asked you a long time ago? What about sure. the character that plugs me across the face? Um, I want to know, like, I want to know what you when a guy hits me across the face, I would like to know what you think I should be feeling. So I would, I would start with what I feel like you naturally should expect yourself to feel unless you're on the highest level of Nikias. I won't be the judge of that. But um, he would tell us that we would generally naturally feel a certain degree of negativity toward them, and a certain degree of wanting to distance ourselves from them in a way that would be hurtful to them. That's what we should expect to feel to some degree. Yet at the same time, that the Torah teaches us that it's important for us to recognize that there are many, many other feelings and perspectives that we do have and that we could, should grow in where we should recognize that, you know what? someone else can't hurt me. They can't affect me in a positive way. They can't affect me in a negative way. It's all from Hashem. My jaw, my jaw says otherwise. Right. Well, that's natural. It's very hard. You know, we just read in the parsha. That's natural. That's not natural. That's not natural. Arie, the, the, the guy hit me across the face. That's not natural. It's reality. The guy was the shliach Hashem, but he was the idiot who decided to become the shliach. That is true. But really, if we have the right perspectives, we would realize, like, so what? So like that medrash, you know, which says that he's a shliach of Hashem letavavid, you know, it's all for my benefit. It's for my opportunity to really grow. And when we reach the highest levels of, of dveikas to Hashem and being doma to Hashem and having all the midas of Hashem, it doesn't matter like whether he did that or not. He's, I, you know, I think he's, I'd make a split between the here and now and the, and the, and the looking back. Because mm-hmm. even to go... To go back to terrible times in our history um, mm-hmm. when people were in really, really bad places. You know, Bishas Maisa, you can't say, you can't, even the Victor Frankels of the world, like, weren't having a blast. You know, you're not, you know, and the, the people who had mass to be talking, they weren't having a, having a blast. Like, Shlame, like you said, Shlemy went through the, the speech from the, from the Kleisenberger. I'm saying they weren't having a good time. It was only afterwards that maybe they could say, you know, whatever they could, you know, whatever high level. It's not even like the key is, it's like the perspective, meaning I'm trying to to understand the difference, like I said before, between like a guy ripped you off, and a guy who actually physically contacted you and punched you. Because they're both something that you'd want to get them back for. But one is like just so, your your reaction, I would assume, would be such a visceral reaction that, 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 that it, it's a little different than one where you could actually possibly have a thought process about of uh, why did this happen? You know, what does Hashem want from me? Uh, I mean, for everybody, each their own. Some people losing money is the same thing as getting hit. Uh, for those of us who don't have money, it makes no difference. <laughs> yeah. So um, it's, very, just, it's, certainly, 
it's totally understandable like that. But what I would say is, it is a react. You know, we when we say you know the Chavetz Chaim quotes you know different Rishonim. You know, there's a big machlokas about you know Bishast Maisa. Can you answer or is it considered to be an Ones? Whatever exactly that machlokas is, there are chilukim between Bishast Maisa and Shlo Bishast Maisa. But you know, the Aratzafon, the Alter says that he is very confident that Rabbi Akiva didn't feel one little ounce of pain, of physical pain, as he was uh, having his skin you know, ripped off because when you have the ultimate perspectives in, uh, in this world and you recognize all the right perspectives of Emuna and Bitachon and the Chastei Hashem and the opportunities that we have to really work on our Midos, Rabbi Akiva saw this as just from all the right perfect perspectives and it didn't cause any physical, not only not, no emotional pain, but there was no physical pain even to have his skin ripped off. Now, again, that's not where we are. We're not Rabbi Akiva, and we shouldn't expect ourselves to be there. But I do feel like in a way, it's such an important thing. Our emotional health is up to us. Our spiritual health is up to us. And when we recognize that our emotional and spiritual health is up to us, then we'll do our work in order to really make sure that we help ourselves heal in the most productive way that we can. Now, Rabbi Shmimen, you know, was highlighting, you know, it's a, it's a tricky kind of thing. And I think we were starting to discuss this is, but now that I don't have all these perspectives fully ingrained in every fiber of my being, so how do we work on our emotional health at the time and at the step of the ladder that we're up to? I agree with you, Rabbi Shmimen, that it's, it's somewhat hard and somewhat complicated. Maybe it depends on the person. It depends on the advisor. It depends on... Now, certainly, we know certain things that are not going to be helpful to just validate all of our feelings and tell, tell ourselves that keep on feeling the way that you're feeling is certainly wrong, inappropriate, and, un, and unhealthy. It's not going to lead to anything productive emotionally and spiritually. However, on the other hand, it to deny our feelings and to deny our state of being the way that we are is obviously unhealthy as well. But when we are really self-aware of the truth of our feelings and the truth of our perspectives, and we do have a vision of where the ultimate proper perspective should be, but we also recognize we're not there right now, I feel like once we're there, we're already on the target and just how to get to the bullseye is a really good question. And probably uh, it should require a lot of people for us to know how we should guide ourselves and how we should guide others. But getting onto that target is, I feel like is such an important thing. It's uh, again, you know, what Dr. Zimmerman was highlighting and what many people highlight about someone else is not going to solve our our emotional health. Someone else can't give us the love that we need to solve our problems. Someone else can't be blamed in a way to solve our problems. And someone else can't suffer in a way to solve our problems. But I do feel like it's important to recognize what the Masil Sasharm is telling us is that very often we feel like blaming others and trying to look for other people's suffering. And maybe he's not discussing this directly, but try to look for other people's love all of those things are really not really the core issue of how we're going to heal. 
how we're going to find the menucha that uh, Mr. Shasharim is telling us that we're so desperately craving. We're so desperately craving some menucha from this pain, but we're looking in ways and to avenues that are not really helpful. I feel like, you know, every time you turn on the radio, turn on the news, or you hear people talking, there's so much blame. There's so much desire for justice. Like you would feel like this is the Sanhedrin here. You know, there's so much of a, you know, the world right now is looking for justice. We want these people to suffer and those people to suffer and those people to suffer in the name of justice. And I think the, the Masil Sasharm is telling us, you know what that's all about? It's about their own insecurities and their own lack of comfort that somehow we get very much attached to other people's suffering in order to solve our own problems. And he's telling us that this is not the Torah way and it's not the right and healthy way, but identifying that can help us be motivated, stay away from the focus on other people's suffering to solve our problems. And anytime we hear the word justice, we do know that Oave Hashem Sinura, but that's probably not where most of our desire, and especially if we're very animate about it, a lot of our Sinasara is really covering up our own desire for our own emotional stability and our, our own emotional health. And ultimately, if we focus on trying to have imuna and bitachon and self-confidence and that awareness we're created to work through our different challenges in life, then we could end up in a much, much better and much healthier kind of place. Um, so again, this is only the beginning of a conversation, but I feel like these marmakomos really can help us get into it a lot. You know, just looking through the Archas Tzadikim where he's telling us our hatred is coming from a source. And there are many different kinds of sources and really trying to identify where that's coming from. And the Misil Sasharim is telling us also our hatred and our desire for other people's suffering is also very much coming from our own desperate need to really take care of ourselves. And he's telling us this is not the right way to take care of ourselves. It's really the beginning of um, analyzing the sugya in a way that could help us make some of the right steps. It's about us. Our emotional health is about the perspectives and the steps that we take in order to find that emunah and bitachon and confidence in our own abilities to grow and to be healthy and happy. And if we could stop here, because I got to run to Mincha, but in the meantime, we should all be blessed to really embrace our challenges, to embrace our growth, and to look forward to a time where we can go through difficult experiences in life and at the same time, really find peace, you know, with our mission in life, with our connection to Hashem, and ultimately at the same time with our as much as possible, which is really, you know, a description of the ultimate top of the ladder that the Mesil Sharm tells us, when we reach the top of the ladder, we'll find we'll find a lot of peace with others, we'll find connection to Hashem, and it's a good way to start our Elul. A little bit of Ani Lidodi Vidodi Li, really connecting to God, connecting to our good Midos, connecting to embracing the process of loving others, caring for others, trying to emulate the ways of Hashem and loving the process of Elul and coming closer to Hashem throughout the month.